I couldn't help but notice as little kids were coming in this morning, there was a, an energy there. There was an excitement or a jumpiness to them. I couldn't help but notice that their parents looked maybe just a little bit more tired from obviously having been woken up extra early today. I noticed the altar servers were just a little bit more nervous, didn't want to get anything wrong in the special liturgy today. And I'm sure for the rest of us, it was just waking up and realizing once again, it's come, it's happened. Today is the day. I'm speaking, of course, of the one-month anniversary of the winter solstice. (laughs) It's been one month since we've entered into this winter season. And if you're like me, at least I remember as a kid, winter would come along, and I like winter, but realize, okay, it's going to be getting cold, and gosh, now the, the nights are getting longer, and we're moving into that period of darkness. But of course, that's completely wrong. From the very start of winter, every day is a little bit more light. Every day, we've got a little bit more sunshine. And yet, of course, every day, more or less, gets a little bit colder. And we're moving into that time. It almost seems like mentally, the days may seem darker if everything else is colder. But what's up with the astronomy lesson? It's simply the fact that light doesn't guarantee heat. There's no such thing as cheap warmth, if you like. And the reason the Earth gets colder is because it's cooled down for a long time, and it takes a while for that extra light to make us actually feel warmer. And then, as we all know, from June onwards, the days are getting shorter, but the temperature is getting hotter. It's not enough to be basked in light You've got to receive it. You've got to take it in. And so, yes, our readings today and and our uh, perspective, a new perspective in the, the homily series, and today we're asked to think especially about the perspective that light gives us. I, I get that. Jesus is our light. The Lord is our light and salvation. We are led by the light of Christ. But let's be honest, we've heard that all of our Christian lives. There's no spoiler alert there. We've all heard that. We are all basking in the light of Christ. So why in Ukraine today are baptized Christians bombing baptized Christians into oblivion? Why are people who've been living in the light of Christ doing all sorts of things? Why do I do things that I continue to regret? Maybe you do too at times. Why doesn't this light necessarily lead to the warmth and heat of the love of God. And sometimes it does, of course, don't get me wrong. Plenty of times that light is a source of joy and inspiration to live out the Christian life. But we've also got to be brutally honest and admit that all that light isn't necessarily sinking in or guiding our steps. And so that's why I'd like to draw our attention to what the church has given us with wonderful providence and foresight. And that's that second reading which seemingly doesn't talk about light at all, but it's Paul writing to a people who are struggling to get this light of Christ. He's writing to the church in Corinth, and as you know, or go back and read it, all kinds of stuff is hitting the fan in Corinth. And today we get a window into the fact that there's division, right? I think the church is divided today. Fortunately, that's been around from the beginning. And here's this little community, and they're torn apart with different attitudes, and they've each got their own heroes that they're following. 
And what does Paul say? It's the very last line of today's reading. He says, look, don't fixate on what I'm saying. Don't listen to human eloquence. And Paul was probably pretty eloquent. But he says, if you do that, if you focus on that, if you pick your hero, is it Apollos? Is it Paul? Plug in your favorite YouTube guru, right? We live in an age of celebrity. He says, if you're getting caught up on that, what are you doing? He says, you're emptying the cross of Christ of its meaning. He's not talking about light. He's saying, if you want to receive the light, don't empty the cross of its meaning. And that, I would suggest, is the key. That's the key to turning the light into heat, or the light into warmth, or the light into inspiration that actually gets us off our butts and has us making choices, as opposed to just singing about it, or praying about it, or reading about it in Scripture. Because Paul, as you've heard me say ad nauseum, we share something with Paul that we don't share with all those folks for most of the gospel. They're all living before the cross. They're all living before the time of the resurrection for most of the gospel. So when Jesus comes out preaching today, the land, the people in darkness have seen a great light. They didn't look at Jesus as the one who transformed the meaning of the cross, but Paul did. Paul lives in our world. The only Christ Paul knew was the one who had come through the cross. And so when he talks about don't empty the cross of its meaning, what he's saying, I think, is there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut to letting yourself actually be warmed up by the light of Christ. And he knows what he's talking about, right? Think of the light that Paul saw. It knocked him back on his backside. And man, was there a cross attached to that? Right in the wake of that light, he gets reduced to almost total helplessness. And I think he never forgot that. I've got to believe he never forgot that. Now contrast that with Peter, right? He gets called today. Deacon George beautifully read that. And you might say, yeah, that's what the light of Christ looks like. Drop your nets and follow me. Yeah, but follow Peter. Think about his darkest moment, literally. He's cowering in the shadows the night that Jesus is arrested. I don't know him. I want nothing to do with the guy. Are you going to tell me that the light he saw on the shores of the Sea of Galilee illuminated his every step? And that's no knock against Peter. I do it much less than he does. Maybe you do too. And he had his moments of inspiration, but he also had his moments of not wanting to go there because of fear, because of embarrassment, because of not wanting us to show our own vulnerability. We all know what that looks like. And Paul is saying, there's no shortcut. You've got to be willing to wade into that. And Peter is the beautiful example because he doesn't just stay in the shadows. He eventually comes out. And that means he must have said and looked the others in the eye, yeah, I wasn't there. Yes, I did betray him. Yes, I was too scared to admit that I knew him but I do love him and I'm here now. And if you trace his life on into the Acts of the Apostles and especially into the letters of Peter that he wrote when he was almost certainly a much older man, you see someone who gets the cross. You see someone who really is warmed by the light of Christ. So maybe just an invitation as a little spiritual exercise as we go into this third week of ordinary time is to name whatever your cross is. And I really, I don't mean this as a downer on the day when we're supposed to think about the glorious light of Christ. 
but rather than pay lip service to it, to really start with what's the cross for you today? Not some huge thing, maybe it's just a little thing, a frustration, a difficulty, maybe it is a shame or embarrassment, just something that's there that you just as soon keep in the shadows, but you see the light somewhere off in the distance, that's what I want. I want a heart that's more generous. I want to feel free of this thing that confines me. That's what it means to encounter Christ in his light. But then pray for the grace and the courage to go into the shadows and look at the cross and let it be illuminated by the light. And if that sounds too abstract, that means bring that into your prayer. That means talk about it with someone you trust, even if it's difficult, because it is transformative. And this isn't just me saying, well, here's what I kind of think. That's Paul who had to live it. And no one would ever doubt by looking at the life and writings of Paul that this is a guy who was heated up to the boiling point by the light of Christ. But he only got there through the cross. And this is the man who can say to the church in Corinth that is definitely struggling to let itself be illuminated, like maybe we know what it feels like at times, this is the man who could say, whatever you do, if you really want this light, don't drain the cross of its meaning.